You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It is the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. And I've got a really awesome guest with me today um, who hails from the world of uh, coaching in rugby and has a very illustrious career in, in coaching generally. Craig White, the founder of Men With Us Without Masks. Uh, welcome, Craig. Nice to meet you. Robin, it's uh, nice to see you again, mate. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Um, so I'm I'm quite excited about today's episode because it's it's slightly off the beaten track for what we normally talk about in fearless business. Um, uh, the challenges of being a man in today's world, and you work with probably some of the the most masculine male, big burly men on this planet. Very tough guys. Um, I'm sure you have some uh, sort of inside knowledge about the fact that actually deep down beneath the masks, you know, which they're wearing. They're no tougher or no different to many of the other men on this planet. Well, I was, I mean, I've been working on and off in rugby for about uh, 28 years. Um, I don't do a lot these days directly with professional rugby. I choose to work with a more diverse range of men, but you're quite right. Most of my background is in professional rugby. I um, I got my first rugby coaching qualification when I was 16. I coached my first rugby team when I was 19 at school. And um, and then I've um, I've been involved in professional rugby on and off ever since. And um, yeah, you were right. Um, there's a stereotypical masculine energy required to play rugby. You know, in in a disguised way, we could say it is a little bit like going to war. You know, and we know from history when men go to war, the world of emotions don't really exist. You know, we shut down, we become stoic and we kind of grit our teeth and we we prepare with aggression for action. And so there's definitely some of that required for professional rugby. Um, but rugby in general, it's that, that energy that is required. It's, it, it's a stereotype yet. There are stereotypes in, in, in all walks of life. Um, you know, maybe for example, if I, um, grew up in the world of male ballet, you know, maybe they have to be a little bit more in touch with, with the spontaneity and the flow. And, um, we could say the kind of emotional side, um, but for sure, rugby is, rugby is a stereotype, but, um, like sport in general now, um, the stereotypes are broken down. They're being broken down. Social media is helping with that. The world of mental health is seeming to help with that. Um, Unfortunately, in professional rugby, we're seeing cases of dementia now more than ever before. We're seeing cases of potential diagnosis of early onset of dementia. So, you know, the world of professional sport, the world of hypermasculine blogs is being scrutinized. And, and you know, it's a good thing that rugby plays and, and, and men that maybe resonate more with that stereotypical world of masculinity have to start looking inside you know they, they have to start connecting with emotions speaking up um otherwise um 
in the world of professional rugby, there's going to be even more problems. There's going to, there's going to be even more car crashes. Um, there's going to be even even more um, law suites, and and something has to give. I mean, you've been sort of working in the coaching space, and obviously around like these very masculine men for 28 years. Do you think, um, compared to what life was like 28 years ago for men, do you think it's got harder in any way? Yeah, um, that's actually a good question because whether whether it's become harder or not, Robin, really is a question of perception. Um, but on the outside, we could say that it looks like it's become harder. You know, the, the rates of suicide are not coming down. Actually, they are coming down in the UK, but on a global level, they're still they're still going up. But um, on the outside looking in, you know, it's um, it's arguably harder now for men because the old paradigm of masculine expression is is falling away. You know, the old patriarchal inspired uh, stoic man who dominated relationships who was the protector and the provider who won arguments who had to always be right who um objectified women for his own sexual pleasure you know um it is breaking down finally definitely in the world that i live in because not only has it been broken down on on my own journey you know a, a rugby influence young boy growing up on a council estate in the north of England in Wigan, you know, I downloaded that version of masculinity. So I've managed to kind of break it down within my own kind of body and mind. And and the men that I work with now, I'm, I'm seeing men more than ever want to get in touch with the, the parts of themselves that they repressed growing up, wanting to get in touch with emotions, wanting to get in touch with, with non-linear ways of living, wanting to get in touch with spontaneity and so on. So, um, of course, we don't always see that in the world. There's still a lot of violence at the hands of men, but but I can only say in the in the sphere of work that I'm involved in, it's um it's quite magical to see men showing up, and and even in that relationship sphere, which has been a challenge for for us as men, generally speaking, um, men that I work with seem to want to dive into it and 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 commit to it and be around and 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 step into fatherhood, um, even though the statistics may say um different yeah tell, tell me a bit more about those st- statistics because obviously as a as a dad myself to two young girls yeah. as well like the dynamic in my family as you can imagine it's, it's actually quite confusing in many respects I won't go into the details but you know I was I, I was brought brought up in a very male dominated sort of family you know yeah. to then go full circle in the space of my lifetime to now have two daughters and be you know outnumbered so to speak what a gift what a gift for you that is yes. Yeah, well, hundred percent, absolutely. I see it's a massive gift. Yeah, but obviously, gift is only one side of the po- of the polarity. On the other side of that is challenge. Yeah, and I'm sure. I'm sure that a lot there are a lot of challenges in that too. Um, so you asked, what did you, you asked me about? Yeah, you asked me about the challenges of of um, fatherhood and some of the statistics. Well, yeah, it, it's just it's just a it's just a tricky time in history for young men and young women because. It's worse in the US, but even in the UK and Europe and all over the world, you know, we're living in a, a pandemic of, of of fatherless children. You know, we're living in a arguably the most challenging time in history from a, a child growing up perspective 
because of the lack of fatherhood. Now, when I say we live in a fatherless culture, what I mean by that is, you know, many of the men that come through our programs, for example, they didn't have a father. Maybe father died or maybe father checked out or maybe father uh, was restricted from seeing them due to divorce. Um, Maybe father just kind of disappeared halfway through. So that's one kind of aspect of of the fatherless pandemic, if you like. Um, with, With other men, the father was around, but maybe there was violence. Maybe it was an on-off relationship. Maybe they lived separately. Um, and in many cases, which was my case, my father did his best. And, and there's no good regret there. There's no negative judgment towards my father. But he was a typical uh, man of his generation who was around all the time. I saw him every day growing up as a kid, but he wasn't emotionally available to me. And he didn't teach me the world of emotions. And and I grew up confused and I grew up confused like what is it to be a man? Because my dad is this kind of gentle sort of a man, but passive aggressive, like a silent volcano. Yeah. But yet my mother seems to love the alpha male, but my father's not an alpha male. So it was very confusing for me growing up what it, what it was to be a man. But, but it is unfortunate that, um, you know, the unit of mother and father isn't in harmony anymore, you know, um, in order to really kind of optimize the development of the child psychologically. And um, what we see a lot in our work with men without masks at the moment, Robin, it's, it's, there's definitely a relationship between men who, you know, develop into their late teens and twenties and even thirties and forties and fifties and beyond that. And um, the ones who didn't have a father or the ones who had a destructive father are often the ones that, either can't get the shit together growing up or they're the ones that are prone to burnout because there's a real subconscious desire which says on the inside, I'll fucking show you. You know, there's this desire to kind of prove oneself and go on that hero's journey. So it's uncanny. The guys that work with me and work with with some of my coaches, the ones that have the biggest struggles are the ones that didn't, that weren't fathered. And in other words, they weren't blessed by this fatherly masculine energy yeah there was um i was listening to the radio yesterday and they were saying that you know that part as part of the sort of pandemic that you're talking about there is that in the uk that there has never been more single parent homes than than at any other time in our history and i think that reflects exactly what you just said um and i i suppose one of the things which i'm curious about as well is that um you know leadership generally has been very male dominated you know leadership across the board in pretty much every single role um for centuries and i think that's starting to be challenged and i think a lot of men are finding that particularly confusing because they don't know as well as not having the direction but they also don't know where they fit in yeah you know it's a broad generalization um particularly when it comes to business as well but even the even the world of leadership because in history Men invented the world, the word leadership, and because men invented the word leadership, they defined what leadership was, which was usually that stereotypical, I'm the leader, you follow me, we've got a goal, it's linear, there's aggression needed, there's drive needed, we can't have the world of emotions, let's tick our to-do list off. I mean, I mean that was kind of leadership, motivational, aggression, and, um, and again, it, it, 
it's on on one hand, it's wonderful that even the realm of leadership is being questioned. What is it to be a leader today? But on the other hand, it can be confusing. It, it can be confusing for men. And this, another way of saying that is, you know, every man more than women, because women have this innate capacity to give birth. And, you know, there's always this drive and in my judgment, a deeper sense of purpose and women connect with each other better than men connect with each other as men. But um, every man at some point in his life would have this knock on the door, this midlife crisis where there's a tug and there's a push and a pull and there's an inner knowing that maybe he's on the wrong track um, or maybe he needs to redefine how he's going to live or how he's going to lead or who he's going to father um, or how he's going to show up as a husband. But there's always two doors that we can open, Robin, at that point in life. There's what I call the black door. And the black door is, oh, shit, what am I feeling? I don't want to feel it. Let's sniff a line of coke. Let's have a, a glass of wine. Let's have another glass of wine. Let's let's watch porn. Let's distract ourselves with social media. Let's just not stop at work and never look at this stuff. So that's the the, the black door or the black road. But the work that we do is to guide men through the white door. The white door is, wow, what an opportunity. I don't have to only be this one-dimensional, stoic, goal-driven man anymore and the provider. I can be so much else. You know, I, I, I can get in touch with my soft side, with my flowing side, with my feminine side. I can I can be playful. I can be spontaneous. I can I, I can release ang- anger without projecting it on someone. I, I can release sadness without feeling shame. All the stuff that I couldn't do in my childhood because I didn't think I would receive love for it. Actually, I'm an adult now and I, I can learn to kind of express that and, and become multidimensional. So um, another way of saying that is become more whole. And when we become more whole, from, from, my, from my perspective, the work that we do, men can connect with the world in ways that they they thought never possible so um yeah that the, the 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 world of leadership is being challenged to become more multi-dimensional from a masculine perspective and and i believe that every person is a leader they've just got to have enough self-awareness to determine who that leader is within them where the zone of genius is what the leadership superpower is, what the life drivers are, and 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 how they like to lead. So um, a lot of our work is 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 based on that. And my work within my other brand, Craigrant Mentoring, is is aimed exclusively at that to kind of really redefine the the word leadership and how it applies to uh, unique men. Yeah, because I can see that you know um, where a lot of men believe that. I mean, I I see it a lot with business owners, especially they're so driven to make money and I constantly having to remind them that it's not all about the money. Like, you know, freedom and fulfillment is actually massively important as well. So that's the the yin and the yang, isn't it? The black door and the white door there. The white door is is about like understanding those freedoms and fulfillments you can actually, so the the business, as you put it, um, becomes more of a sacred practice. It's more holistic, um, you know, rather than it just being a dogged determination to have to provide for your family. A million percent. I do. I like the word sacred. I mean, it's for me, it's the same as spiritual, but sometimes spiritual has negative religious connotations for people. But for me, with the right intention, if it's from a place of of of, of love and connection and, and and wanting to make a difference in the world and it, and it feels like it's right from a, from a sacred place, then 
business can be your sacred spiritual practice. Yeah. So can a relationship. So can making money. You know, it, it, it all depends on the intention and where that intention is coming from, and and how the the why of that intention is 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 bigger than our own um, personal needs, even though that's part of it. Obviously, your your brand is called Men Without Masks. So it would be really helpful for the listeners to kind of understand what the masks are. Like, how do you define them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can define we can define them in a moment. In a moment, I mean, it's a big question, but generally speaking, you know, we 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 grow up as kids, and we're desperate to receive the love of our caregivers, and we realise that parts of our expression were not received with love and we kind of put them if you like behind the mask we recognize that certain strategic masks that we were enable us to receive love and, and we, we carry on oh wow you know when, when i when i smile around mom i receive love when i smile around people even though i might feel like shit but when i smile i receive love but when i people please i receive love so we end up kind of collecting masks you know in my kind of life if you like the the stoic tough guy sportsman mask was the mask of choice for me because it seemed to light my mother up you know and, and then it seemed to light the girls up that i was kind of meeting in 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 Teenage years, so we we kind of um, you know some masks are necessary and some masks kind of um, are not necessary. We believe as kids they are necessary because it's oh wow this is a survival mechanism. If I don't wear this mask, I might actually risk not receiving love, and that's like death. Um, but as we get older and 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 you know we get going through midlife and we get the the push and the pull and how's life going for you? Are you going in the right direction? You know we we realize that. Um, the masks don't always lead to receiving love and there's so much more behind that. So we, if you like, if you like, we can help men to identify the masks that they've worn, but also what's the, what's behind the mask and what's behind the mask is often those repressed parts of childhood that we couldn't show, but, but they, they need to be reclaimed with love. They need to be expressed again through, through manhood. Do you find as you do the work with the men, um, sort of through the retreats and through your your one-to-one mentoring as well, do you find that sometimes there's, when they start to realise that they have been hiding behind these masks for all this time, that they start to remove them, does it then start to alienate them from the people they've built up these relationships around? I'm, when I'm thinking here, you know, in a rugby team, there's there's so much bravado, but also some very deep friendships within that. Yes, there's, there'll be an element of trust, but is there also an element of judgment if they start behaving differently? I mean, in all spheres of life, of course there is, because we're tribal in nature, aren't we? You know, we're we're deep, 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 deeply wired for tribe. Um, so if we evolve and we continually kind of shine light and love on those parts that we repressed and realize it's actually safe to do so now, and we we fulfill more potential and we self-actualize and we think, wow, I can connect with the world in different ways. I can lead differently. I can run my business differently now because I'm I'm wearing different parts of myself that I've, I've not touched for years. And um but it, it it's like everything in, in in life, Robin, it's there's polarity in it, you know. 
as I evolve and it feels right in myself and I, and it feels, and as I continue to evolve, I, I go more inwards and there's more of a, of a sacred connection to life. Then I'm going to gravitate towards the tribe and I'm going to maybe lose elements of, of my old tribe. And for me, that's just healthy human change. That's healthy. Um, yeah. that That's, I mean, we're, we're magnets, you know, we're, we're batteries. We, we gravitate towards similar kind of magnets and we'll, we'll always do that where where do you tend to sort of see resistance in the men that you work with because there's always going to be like to that change themselves in themselves there there is a point where it's going to be like they're switching into being a different person well the great thing about what we do because i mean we we, we do have therapists on her t- on our team um but most of the men that come to us they already want to change there's already been a light fuse or there's been a challenge or there's been a light bulb moment or there's been a push from the wife that they're already willing to step in which is great because we can just cultivate safety and then when men tend to feel safe together the magic happens um but even on day one of the retreats that we run we run various retreats and one of them is a five-day retreat and you know there's fear you know that there's fear because we've got 24 men arriving on to a piece of land that they've never been before. And those 24 men are coming from 24 different tribes. So when we sit in the circle on day one, it, it, you can feel the energy. It's, it, it's There's a subconscious protection of oneself. And you see it in the way men have, when men sit, and you see it in the, may, in the masks. Some men arrive on day one with a tough guy mask. Some guys that arrive on day one with a smiley, people, I'll do anything for your mask. You know, there's some men arrive with a spiritual mask and an aloof mask. And But once safety is, is created, it, it's fascinating to see uh, men express themselves in ways that they 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 didn't know were possible before they came into in, in, into into the energy field of the retreat. It's um it's fascinating. It must be equally alongside it being fascinating, must equally be very um, satisfying as well. When you see men, you know, I've I've been having coaching and therapy myself for years and Mm. I know how powerful it is for me when I have those breakthroughs and you realise something new about yourself. So I can imagine being able to facilitate that with 24, again, big burly men with all different expectations. It must be incredibly satisfying. Well, they're not all big burly men because, you know, on on our retreats, we, we do get some of them but because it's a retreat for every single man, it, it you know it, within those, within those twenty four men, you could have an art dealer in one corner, a rugby player, a yoga teacher, a bricklayer, a construction business owner, an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, it, we've had every every type of man on the retreat. And um, but but going back to what you just said, it, it's yeah, it's um, it's tough to get twenty four bums on the seat, and and that's uh, why I've sought out work from people like yourself. Um, because there needs to be, because what we're doing is, I believe is sacred. It's sacred to me. It's, it's, it's humbling actually, but we need the world of business and the world of funnels and marketing to actually make it happen, you know? So it's, it's wonderful to be in a, a, an era right now where I could make a business from, coaching men which i couldn't do 10 20 years ago but t- tell me more about that because actually that's it's quite interesting i was um 
uh, having a similar conversation with somebody earlier on who was a social media marketer and like, well, my business didn't exist at all 20 years ago because that social media didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. It's like a real sort of land of opportunity. Again, I think there's confusion which sits around that as well, but plenty of opportunity. Yeah, I mean, opportunity. I mean, my my kind of delve, if you like, into this world of men's coaching, um, it came from a little bit of unrest. I'd been working in rugby so long and I was a bit pissed off and it's like, well, there's more to life and, you know, I, I want to go deeper in myself and how could I do that? Can I really do it in rugby? And and then I went on my own kind of self-development journey and saw therapists and did teacher trainings and meditation retreats and many, many, many different personal development kind of things, if you like, uh, including periods of silence and periods of fasting and periods in the mountains and 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 lots of weird and wonderful things. Um, but whilst I'm on that journey, I kind of um, wanted more than rugby. And um, what I did at the time was I, I worked with the coach and I identified really, if you like, what I thought my zone of genius was. You know, I'd been working with men since the age of eight. It made sense to continue to do that. I was always a captain of teams. I wasn't great in, in groups of women, but I was great in groups of men because that's where I'm safe and and, and confident. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been a coach. I'd, I'd, I'd been a rugby coach, but I'd also been a life coach. And I'd, I'd studied, um, you know, meditation and yoga and breath work and all those wonderful kind of... Um, new age at the time practices and it just made sense to pull it all together in, in, into a into a retreat and um and I love coaching and I love leading and I love facilitating so when I'm kind of running those retreats I'm I'm in my zone of genius but as you know I, th- I think I'm allowed to say this as you know when I work with consultants like yourself who, who help me um the world of marketing is and the world of pricing and is is not my zone of genius. So where I'm at, at the moment, for the benefit of the business, but also so we can get to more men and and affect more change in the world, is I'm, I'm actually contemplating um, joining forces with a business partner who's got a different zone of genius to me. So my zone of genius would be coaching, mentoring, facilitating, leading men, creativity, strategic vision, creating new levels of of services. But the potential business partner will be in the zone of genius around sales, marketing, funnels, and all, all that wonderful world, which really just, um, yeah, just sometimes keeps me stuck when I spend too much time there. So that's exciting. It's been a bit of a uh, push and pull, but it's exciting now to get to a point where I can even contemplate that. Yeah, well, I, I've been on a small part of that journey with you, obviously, and it, it's um, it, one thing which I wanted to ask you about, and I hope this isn't you know too personal. One, you've been quite sort of um, humble about your your world of work. So we talked about the rugby, but what we haven't talked about is the level of rugby which you've worked at. You know, you've worked with um, pro rugby teams, Tigers, Wasps, Ireland, Wales, British Lions during your career, and a lot of people, men, will look at that and go why would you turn down the opportunity to continue to work in that space? Um, I mean, there is always like the the change of like, you know, just the change, the tide check turns, doesn't it? And you have to turn your attention to something which deep down sort of connects with you. And I think that's where, where you're at now with men without masks and shifting away from the rugby side of things. 
Yeah, I mean, also don't forget um, at the level of of, um, of 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 what drives us in life. You know, I'm a I'm a firm believer that when we've exhausted something so much, in order to continually challenge ourselves and continue to self actualize, we need something else. And 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 from the age of sixteen, I was coaching, and from the age of 24, 23, 24, I was coaching in professional rugby. As you say, Wasps, Leicester Tigers, Bolton Wanderers, Wales, Ireland, British and Irish Lions. Um, worked for World Rugby for about 11 years, which I've only just recently given up to focus on member that masks. Um, but yeah, I just exhausted it so much, Robin. I I I I I was a workaholic. Uh, I wanted to be the best. I kind of got to that level, generally speaking. And um, it was just, there was a point where, when I kind of got to that level, things just caved in on me. It's like, wow. Um, and I remember going on a yoga retreat about 12 years ago and uh, it turned me inside out really. It was like, whoa, I've never done this before. It was a month long retreat and uh, it was like, whoa, there's more to life than rugby. There's more to life than this guy that I've been showing to the world. What's that about? Fascinating. Yeah. And then I went on this this really intense journey of self discovery because I am intense, and um, and then things kind of pieced together. And I'm in a place now where I'm lucky because every jigsaw of of my work um, has got a piece of my past. Yeah, at sixteen, like taking on the responsibility of coaching as well. I mean, that's quite that's an early age. What sort of compelled you to get into coaching at sixteen? Yeah, I um, well, I did my um, rugby league coaching level one when I was 16 because it was part of my GCSE and uh, it was only when I left school um, that I went back at, when I was 19 to coach the school team um, um, and I didn't know I wanted to be a coach then because I still wanted to be a pro rugby league player and that's what I was destined for that's that's where everything was geared towards my mindset I didn't touch a drop of alcohol until I was 19 my mother and father I was expected to play for Wigan number seven rugby league player um, but looking back on my on my life with a spiritual lens, if you like, I was never meant to be a professional rugby player because I always had the zone of genius and the attributes to be a coach. Yeah, I yeah. used to always like I used to always like telling people what to do. You know, <laughs> I like your honesty. Um, no, I was, I was just saying on reflection. So I so I played. Um, senior rugby only for a small grassroots rugby team so from the age of 17 and then actually funny enough I, I started coaching the under eights for, for Minch um, and loved it it was one of my greatest passions you know I, I tr- well I, I probably found the booze a little bit a little bit earlier but um, I'd go and play and then we get drunk on a Saturday night and then I go and teach the minis on Sunday out of that whole weekend of stuff it was the teaching the coaching the minis that I absolutely loved the most yeah, and look yeah. forward to the most. And, and but it's a confession time, actually, Craig, because I, I trust you. I know I'm well, I'm well aware that I'm sharing this with the team. I'd be so disappointed in myself if I drank too much and was too hungover the next day to really give it my all when I was coaching those the, the minis, the under eights. Like really disappointed in myself. And I think that actually that was a good learning for me because there was a reflection in the. Um, my dad was an alcoholic. There was a reflection in the shame which came along with that not for him but for the family and how we behaved around it and it's it's remarkable I think that's probably why I've ultimately ended up getting into coaching as well because there's things you learn as you go along in your journey that 
you feel compared to share with other people and to help guide them where um, maybe you can see that they're struggling for what in whatever sphere it is, whatever, you know, um, uh, sort of whether it's business or sports or or whatever. So I totally get that. I hadn't really, re- hadn't really realized it until you just said what you just said. The biggest driver for me, whether it's in life or business, though, and uh, it's part of my journey, it's part of my life, it's part of my childhood stuff, is uh, is this bro- is this men coming together, what, community, brotherhood, you know, and going back to the age of eight, my big brother, who's 12 years older than me, went to the army when I was eight. It's kind of, whoa, my big brother, wow, where's he going? And then I started playing rugby, and I've always consciously or unconsciously seeked out brotherhood so i'm i'm in i keep saying zone of genius because it it works for me but i'm in my zone of genius and creativity when i'm in a group of men and i still and i do one-on-ones and i I relish in one-on-ones but my superpower is really in, in in that team setting when you know when there's a group of men together and facilitating safety and then um facilitating change so here's here's a it's probably not a tough question, is it? Okay, let's call it an easy question for you, Craig, maybe with a tough answer. So maybe there's a guy who's listening to this podcast right now who is struggling with something, but he's too afraid to do anything about it or no, doesn't really know what to do about it, but is too afraid to speak to somebody about it. What would your advice be? Well, I'd sympathise with him and obviously... It would be it would be wonderful to connect with him to see where he's at for real. But um, probably what I would say to him is, mate, do you realise, mate? I, I hear where you are. I hear what you're saying. I I, I sympathise with you. But do you realise there are men just like you now who are facing the fears, stepping up, joining together in community, and transforming their lives in ways they never thought possible. And and as a result of that, they are showing up in life with more confidence and a greater capacity to connect on deep levels with themselves and their loved ones. Awesome. And I know, um, obviously, you know, you've got got your retreats. I'd love it if you could give people a bit of an insight into the retreats, how often you run them, what sort of things you do, you know, and, and, and where. Yeah, well, um, I kind of, from a business perspective, I kind of went in back to front, really, as you know, because I had my rugby work and it paid to build my Men With It Masks brand. I kind of started with a high ticket retreat and I did have, didn't have much underneath that. But uh, so for the viewers, we're just, you know, we're, we're just building a um, a community at the moment. And um, soon we'll have a an online program, which is a do-it-yourself program, which is quite cheap. We also run one-day retreats in Liverpool. We run a 10-week online group program. Um, We run five-day retreats, which is our kind of classic retreat, which is where everything started. Uh, We run those three times a year. And I also take 24 men to Peru once a year for a 10-day retreat, which includes Machu Picchu. So I'm all about... um, I'm about intensity, Robin. You know, this is this is not kind of therapy where we we take a long time to kind of dig in. That's that's necessary for some men, but this is about men that really kind of want to transform. And um, and our programs are intense because we believe that a lot of men need that in order to transform and fulfil the potential. And um, and at the end of next year, we're probably going to create a, a men's coach certification program, which will be over two years. 
Amazing. That sounds awesome. Um, and you've also got a free ebook as well, which people can um, go and download, uh, The Secrets of a Man Without His Mask. Yeah, you can download that on uh, our website, menwithitmasks.com. Awesome. Perfect. We'll make sure we share links to all of those in the um, the show notes as well, Craig. Um, uh, I will also recommend that people go and check out your social media as well, because I remember when we first um, uh, met and we're doing some work together, um, I went to check out, I think it's your Instagram, and I saw a reel where you were, it wasn't really a motivational speech as such, but you were giving a talk to one of the rugby teams. And I was like oh. absolutely mesmerised by seeing you work. I think it was about eight or nine minutes long or something like that. Well, I think, well that's also worth mentioning because that's on the Craig White Mentoring channel. You know, you, you can go to craigwhitementoring.com. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram. And uh, my Craig White Mentoring work is is more geared towards teams and sports and, uh, and, and, and the kind of leadership high performance side. Yeah, but it was just it was it was inspiring just to see kind of like pe- people need to see more stuff like that because I think it's just it's it's well worth sort of watching and it gives you a bit of an insight into sort of the stuff which Craig works on as well. So do go and check that out. You're on obviously we'll, we'll share the website links as well. But you're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the usual suspects, and you've got your YouTube channel as well. Again, you can search for Men Without Masks on YouTube. Go and check out some of Craig's videos. Uh, one final question for you, Craig, um, before we wrap up. So we're going to jump into the Fearless Business Time Machine and you get to choose the date and time. You're going to go back and speak to Craig, T minus X number of years. So Ooh. what year is it, roughly? It's six years ago. Yep. And what would you say to Craig then? Craig, you potentially have something here that the world needs, but you can't do it on your own. Take your time, develop a community before you developed your products and get a business partner. <laughs> <laughs> Which by now you've, you're kind of doing all of those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, know, you, have a fa- you have got the fa- you know, beginnings of a fantastic community there, some amazing products and a very successful business. You know, I've, I've reminded you that on a number of occasions. Um, and I'm glad you kind of said, you know, that the doing things in the right order and a bit of the slow and steady approach actually wins. I think too many people want to rush into this stuff. And actually the approach you've done means it's going to be a better product at the end of it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, be um, keeping an eye on things, how they progress this year. And I've got my fingers crossed for um, Machi Pichu for the men who've booked onto that as well. Um, the challenges that are going on there but appreciate you jumping onto the podcast this afternoon well thanks Robin I appreciate it I always uh, like to connect with you and I always like uh, your questions so thank you awesome well thank you everybody Uh, I've been Robin Waite founder of Fearless Business um, your host of the Fearless Business podcast if there's anything which you would like us to cover at all whether it be marketing sales finance or things which are hot topics such as what we've been discussing with Craig today please do reach out to us drop me an email uh, and also, um, just to let you know, not everybody, I'm, I'm not going to make this too salesy, Craig, stick around for a moment, because uh, you've read Take Your Shot, haven't you, Craig? I have read Take Your Shot, and I would recommend it to every single business owner. There we go. I put you on the spot. <laughs> but do go and grab a copy. We've got some signed copies available for people, so you can go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS if you would like a signed copy of the book. So you get, get to know a little bit more about what Fearless Business gets up to as well. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Take care.